flirting can be fun when you're in a team. An international spread can make that list extreme. Thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah and he's Eric. We've created this podcast to share adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We're definitely not experts, and anything that we discuss that might be controversial, we want you to remember their own opinions, and they might be different from yours. I feel like the news is just kind of the same, you know, like, interesting birds are popping up uh, as fall migration is still there's underway. There's been red-legged honey creepers. Oh my gosh, I know, and there's one yeah. now in Texas, I believe. Yeah. So I remember back in 2013. 2013. Yeah. Yeah, when Dorian Anderson was doing his uh, his birding by bike big year. Yeah. He was just racing back and forth across the country. Where the first time we met him was as at Asteriano Grande when, when there we were was... all looking for the red legged honey creeper. Yeah, which I can't remember if did he get it or did he just <clears throat> miss it. I don't really remember. I know we missed it. We missed it. Yeah. But now there's like six of them oh my gosh. in the U.S. Uh, in different places, which That's is crazy. not cool. Yeah, I know. Well, well. I mean, it's cool for those people. But... It is cool for those people. <laughs> it was a it was a uh, miss for us. We dipped on that bird. Yeah. Well, well, we have we seen it since. Yeah, we saw it in Costa Rica. Okay. but we don't have it as. But well, we don't US have bird. it as an ABA bird. Oh well. Uh, well. well. Well, some other news, yeah. Eric. So, um, eBird's doing the taxonomic update soon. Um, couple couple days from now, October twenty fifth, um, we've got uh, uh, the splits and lumps and all that stuff. I think I saw there's eighty six. Um, the total list will go up by eighty six. Oh my gosh! For uh, eBird's list, I don't. Uh, I didn't look that carefully into what's all there yet. I haven't actually read any more than the first paragraph of the splits and lumps article um, on the eBird page. But I'll include that in the show notes so you can uh, you can know what to expect. And there will be some. Uh, weird usage of it and your lists are going to kind of hop all over the place for about a week or so i guess is what they say so mm. and so that's uh normally the time that you get armchair lifers mm -hmm. which are a species that you may have seen at some point in your life that's like a it was subspecies so like for example um for example, you know, with uh, red-tailed hawks, mm -hmm. there's usually a suggestion in there that we should split red tails into, like, harlands and a couple different subspecies. So if that were to happen and you did see a harlands, then you would get that as a lifer, which would be an armchair lifer. Yeah, so... And that's just an example. Yeah, it's just an example. Yeah, there's lots of lots of different birds or, or potentially uh, two different species that they've decided, you know what, they're not separate enough. Let's clump, clump them back together. Like they and did so, with the Northwestern Crow and, and the American, American Crow. American Crow, exactly, yeah. So, um... Do they have a name for that? Like, when you lose a bird? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think people want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. So you don't want to, you don't want to give it a name to make it real. Yeah, <laughs> to give it power. <laughs> Yeah, so that's coming up October 25th. eBird will be updating their tax taxonomic list based on uh, the most recent science and uh, information out there. Okay, so we did have a review um, yeah. since our last podcast. Eric, you want to tackle that one? Yeah, sure. So um, this comes from uh, Eric from uh, up in Washington. They say, uh, I went on my first birding trip a few weeks ago and I'm hooked. I've always loved birds and photography and luckily the two hobbies go well together. I spend a lot of time driving and looking for a new podcast and listening to three or four birding ones. Then I saw yours, in particular the episodes with uh, Christina Sheaf. And I thoroughly enjoyed her advice on choosing a camera or lens, uh, choosing a camera or lens, and I would love to hear her discuss gear and settings in more detail. I listened to three more episodes, including the Amsterdam trip, 
You two are a lot of fun, and you live in one of my favorite towns, Cannon Beach. I grew up near Portland and spend, me, spent many summers on the Oregon coast. I now live in south, I'm 40 miles southeast of Seattle and, ha, and have lots of birding opportunities nearby. Thanks for what you do. I look forward to more episodes. Awesome. Well, yeah, we, we really enjoyed the, the Christina episode, talking all about the cameras. That was a couple episodes ago. Or, yeah, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, and it, it was great. Um, nice to kind of skim the surface of the information that there is out there, try not to d- dive too deep and to get get people too turned off by but it all, sounds like, of, over, overload. But. but it sounds like we could do some more episodes with uh, more specific topics yeah. about photography. It's such a huge conversation. And, you know, as Christina discussed, mm-hmm. like, it's impossible to tell you, like, you do this one setting because every single situation is going to be different. Honestly, it, it may not lend itself very well to just an audio format like this, but someone could probably, there probably already is one and I, I just, I, I'm not creative enough to think about it, but a podcast is just about photography. Just, oh, and YouTube just channels. Settings and... and I mean, there is tons of YouTube channels about it, but are you sure you could just talk, talk and talk and talk for years about different types of settings and how to do this and how to do that. And yeah, so totally just one episode is definitely not enough <laughs> since there is so much information out there. Yeah, well, thank you, Eric, for your review. We appreciate it, and thank you. Oh, oh, (laughs) Eric with the C. Eric with a C from Washington. Yeah, I see. Uh, (laughs) I see. (laughs) Uh. Um, And thank you to everyone who's reviewed us in the past. We do appreciate it. So thanks. So Hannah had an episode come out. I did. Yeah, you you interview women birders from around the world. um, Yes. Record it and put it out there for everyone to listen to. Women women birders happy hour, and you guys mix a cocktail. Or you mix a cocktail based on your conversation. So who'd you have? Well, so yeah, so my podcast comes out every other week that this podcast doesn't come yes. out. So you can hear me talk every week. Yammer on every week if you want to. Uh, so this interview was a lot of fun and it was with Els Wakefield, who is a birder based out of Tasmania and actually did a talk for Portland Audubon a handful of years ago about birds of Tasmania. Which it was it's exciting. I know it's just kind of funny. You know, we had a lot of like similar friends, and you know, <laughs> we've been like kind of similar places. So that was just a lot of fun talking to Els. And the drink for that episode was so talking to someone from Tasmania. You know, in anywhere in Australia, I just you know I think of like parrots and like emus and stuff like that um and so i was really curious what her bird was going to end up being and it ended up being a species that like i feel so dumb that i've never heard of it a pacific gull well they're they're fairly localized oh totally like when when you when you look at their range map it was they are and to me it's just it's funny because i feel like i've probably typed pacific gull into like google to say like you know what goals are on the pacific it pro- probably. Yeah, and yeah. I have never heard of the species before. So I was, I was surprised when you when you pulled up a picture of it, that monster like oh, honking bill that bill that thing's ginormous. got. It is just it's unreal. Yeah. Like for for a Laris gull, like it's it's like a hornbill. Yeah. It's like a Laris gull mixed with a hornbill. It's ridiculous. So anyways, find out how to make a Pacific goal and listen to more about Els Wakefield um, in my latest episode, Women Birders Happy Hour, which can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be doing some traveling. Yeah, um, so just we recap are, on that. We're actually traveling right now. Um, not when we're recording this, but when you're listening to this, we'll be we'll be traveling. Probably. So, um, probably. Yeah, so we're, we're leaving for Columbia in a couple days um, from our recording, which will be a couple days before this releases. Um, and then we 
are going to be going to the Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival in yes. November. Super excited to be back down there again. North Shore Birding Festival in um, December down in Florida. First time going to that one. I can't wait to see what that's all about. Um, San Diego Bird Festival. I'm so glad they invited us back for that again. That's super exciting in February. And then uh, the down in Galveston, the Feather Fest um, is in April, and we'll be we'll be down there for that. So we got a number of festivals lined up, and then um, and then this trip just for fun right now. That yeah. We're, that we're on slash about to go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so looking forward to actually getting down to Columbia. We booked this trip. Normally we don't we don't book travel like super far in advance because it's just kind of like it's not spur of the moment. Like we just, I don't know, kind of wait for an opportunity. Well, it's, we, so we've discussed this before. We book all of our travel when it's just for fun, just for us going places. We book it based on where there's a deal for a cheap flight somewhere. Yeah. Like where, wherever, it doesn't matter where it's going because there's so many places in the world to go that, and everywhere has birds. So anywhere we go, we're going to be able to go there and find birds so if there's a cheap flight somewhere, then we book it. And sometimes it's only a couple, a month out or two months out or something like that. So. But this one I think we booked in like February. Yeah, it, it had a really long lag, lag time or lead time on it. So that was. Yeah, so I, I've been bad just, and good because now ugh. we're just sitting around waiting and waiting and waiting. But now it's here. So. I know, finally here. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we hope if you are at one of those festivals, you'll stop by or flag us down and say hi. And, uh, if we remember, we'll give you a sticker. So please, uh, reach out to us. Yeah. So, um, we do want to announce our bird nerd giveaway. (laughs) So for October, what we had for you was a 12 ounce bag of ground dark roast coffee, courtesy of birds and beans coffee. And um, we've had a lot of great feedback about the episode, the birds and beans coffee episode. So yeah. thank you all. We're glad, you know, most of you like coffee and most of you like birds. And, uh, we, like I said, I think in the end of the episode, we did sign up for a subscription, um, yes. for, so, for the coffee. And so we are now on the, on the bandwagon. We, yeah. well, it's, I wouldn't call it a bandwagon. I feel like that has like a negative connotation jumping know. on the bandwagon. Yeah, so we're 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 now um, subscribed. We're participating. We're enjoying. We're drinking um, this bird friendly coffee from Birds and Beans. So that's that's super exciting. I was I was feeling guilty the entire episode, but because <laughs> especially since we when we record the episodes, we record it with video. So you've got uh, the and we're in our tiny house. So a, yeah, yeah, so you can see our kitchen. <laughs> you're e- we're either in the bedroom or in the kitchen, or the two rooms. So in the kitchen. <laughs> And over our shoulder, you could see the Costco coffee, and I'm sure he was just staring at it with with daggers the whole time, like, <laughs> why aren't they drinking bird friendly? But now we are. We we have, we are like a third of the way through our first uh, subscription bag. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, anyways, back on track, back on track. Uh, so we asked you all to tell us one neotropical migrant that benefits from shade grown bird friendly coffee. So our randomly selected winner was Blaze, who said Western Tanagers was their pick. Yeah, so there was lots of different options in the in the episode. You could have you could have chose from things that we mentioned, things that uh, things that you just kind of know are migrants. But uh, it's pretty exciting. Western Tanagers are the ones we get over here. Ah, oh, um, yes, I love so, Western Tanagers. So pretty, and they they go all the way down 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 to Central and South America. So so it's good to know that drinking this coffee is helping to benefit them. Yeah. So main story. So getting into it. Getting getting into it. Just the other day was the October Global Big Day, um, and the big the big huge global bird 
weekend. And there was, I think it was also uh, World Migratory Bird Day. Yeah, it was um, like fell, a lot of different fell, things. Fell in the same, within the same weekend. So it was a whole weekend of bird stuff. So super, super exciting. Lots of uh, conservation projects got donations to them. Lots of people went out birding. Lots of stuff happened about birds. So that was a really cool day. Um, and... So it all kind of started off with eBird because yes. they do the Global Big Day. And we did one with you all in May. Um, and so they have one scheduled in October as mm -hmm. well. And so the Global Big Day has really morphed over the years as Global Birding. And Tim Appleton, who we talked to like, geez, like two years ago, I think, I think for so, yeah. briefly on the podcast, um, who also is the one that does bird fair in uh, the UK. Anyways, so Tim and Global Birding has gotten really involved with Global Big Day and eBird and developed this um, Global Bird Weekend mm -hmm. that recently happened on October 7th, 8th, and 9th. And it was a, it was a lot of fun, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but also, you know, it was a great reminder of, you know, what we're here for and birding and conservation and trying to get other people involved and engaged. And so not only is it just like a friendly competition between teams, uh, but there were a lot of efforts to introduce new birders, complete conservation projects and highlight interesting bird things that happen around the world. Yeah. So um, all, all everyone birding and everyone doing all that stuff, all the eBird checklists people submitted Ended up racking up to a lot of stuff, which you, you can you can find a lot of this information on the eBird website right now. But um, there are some really incredible stats. Just in a single day, 185 different countries were represented of people that posted eBird lists throughout the day and were birding out just on the 8th. Um, we had 35,000 um, contributors total, um, which there was 2,800 of them were brand new to eBird. That's amazing. Um, 80,000 checklists, 7,500 species, um, and then 2,000 new people. 2,000 more people this year than last year on October 8th. So yeah, pretty, and, pretty exciting. Yeah, and there was a really cool conservation st uh, story that was shared on eBird um, of a sighting of a critically endangered horned curassow, which was the first reporting of the species during an eBird big day, and it ends up being just the 19th time this bird has ever been reported on eBird. Um, it's endemic to forested hillsides in Bolivia, and a team set out specifically to go find that bird for the big day and to raise awareness of, um, you know, how threatened and endangered the species is. So I think that is just so cool that this whole team got together specifically to go find that. They said they got, like, tick bites and, like, scratches from bushes and stuff <laughs> as they were, you know, trying to find it. And they actually ended up getting a picture yeah. of it, too. So that was just a really amazing effort. Yeah, so everything, that's super cool. But not, not everything that happened that weekend, that that day, was eBird. Yeah. You also had uh, um, Swarovski had their whole their whole team of reps from around the world um, were posting videos the day before on October 7th going through and basically a tour of the world with their guides and their reps and their and their their different people that are around the world. Um, they had uh, it was Carlos down in Panama. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, a number of other people from just Australia and the U.S. and just everywhere. Colombia, Costa Rica, yeah. Guatemala, Spain, England, South Africa. So, yeah. Just a, a list of countries. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's so fun uh, to go back through and watch it, too. It, it ended up being about two hours, okay. I believe. And it's on the Swarovski Facebook page that you can find it. Um, 
But <laughs> what I got a kick out of was like Carlos in Panama was talking, he was talking to somebody in like Australia mm-hmm. and like the person in Australia was having trouble finding birds, <laughs> but then they ended up finding some kind of like, I don't know, large ground bird in Australia. Yeah. And Carlos was like, what is that? What, what kind of bird is that? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just really fun to watch them all interact with one another and, you know, seeing birds that they're not familiar with. Like, I don't know if Carlos in Panama has been to Australia to go see those species. But, you know, he a lot of times they were, like, looking at birds that they were totally unfamiliar with or, yeah. like, looking at birds that they'd seen when they're on vacation. So, um, you know, that, that was just a lot of fun to watch them. Um, but the overall goal for October 7th, so uh, Swarovski did show off a lot of birds and tried to get people engaged. Um, but the goal of that day was to, because each day of the Global Bird Weekend had its own specific like thing that you were supposed to do. Yeah, so yeah. Um, the first day was learn. And so the goal was to learn about birds across the world and inspire other people. And participants were encouraged to lead walks in their local community and incorporate birds into learning it at schools and colleges. So there's really a push to get out and um, do certain things each day of the Global Bird Weekend. And that first day was to learn. And I learned, you know, a lot watching the the Swarovski uh, video. And I, you know, we didn't have an opportunity to get out and teach anybody in our local community, but I think there were a lot of people that did. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm I'm glad that they've that that's it's not just like let's just put this whole weekend together just bird 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 bird. There's mm-hmm. there's there's a time set aside at the beginning like to pull pull people into the fold and get get people involved in it and then be like oh hey by the way tomorrow let's let's go let's go and see what we can find with these new newfound skills that we've developed. And you know it's kind of a iNaturalist model like with like the bio blitzes mm-hmm. because we've done them before that. Mm-hmm in advance of the bio blitz, you do like an education day of like, here is what iNaturalist is and here's how to use it. Yeah. And you know, in a couple days it's going to be the bio blitz and we need you to do X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. sort of thing. But it was a, yeah, that's a great um, call to action to get out and teach people before it's like the day of, and like you're standing there at six o'clock in the morning with binoculars and like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, so that was the day before, but mm-hmm. then October 8th, we we did a little bit of birding. We did. We we had some people kind of join us virtually to do some birding. Totally. Maybe not in real time, but uh, we didn't we didn't bird nearly as much as we would like. We had we had a lot of obligations for for the day. Unfortunately, lots of lots of things piled onto a single day. But we did get out birding. We got up super early and we ran down to Nahalen Bay State Park, which is one of one of our one of our close state parks. It's not the closest, but it's a pretty close state park for us. Because there have been um, some pretty exciting birds down there, right, Hannah? Yeah. And so for the 8th, that's the actual big day day. And we got a virtual team together. Um, and like Eric said, he and I got out and went down to Nahalen Bay State Park because people had been seeing Pacific Golden Plovers oh, and yeah. posting it on their WhatsApp account. Both Pacific and American for a couple days. But there had been a couple days since either one had been seen. I think it had been a couple days since anyone had gone birding out there. But. Probably. Um, so anyways, that was kind of our target was to go look for those. And so we got up, uh, just after sunrise to take a look, uh, the parks, like Eric said, it's not too far from us. It's like maybe a 20 minute drive mm-hmm. from our house and our house when we woke up was all fogged in. And we had maybe like two or 300 feet of visibility. And on the coast, um, typically we always say that, 
you know, if it's foggy where you're at, drive around the next headland and it'll probably be clear. So it's we... almost always completely different weather. As soon as you pass the next headland, it's, <laughs> it'll, it'll be foggy and 40 and then you go around the headland and all of a sudden it's sunny and 60. Yeah. So we were like, oh, 20 minutes, we're going to pass two headlands before we, so it'll be clear. We'll, we'll be smooth sailing. We'll be able to go birding. No problem. So we started driving and the fog got thicker and thicker and thicker. We were, I think we were down to like 50 feet of visibility when we were going over. Oh, the um, headland, the terrifying drive. Yeah. And when we were going over Neoconi mountain, which is the biggest headland in between us and the state park, I, it, I think we we slowed all the way down to maybe like 10 miles an hour. Yeah. Because I couldn't see anything. I was like, ooh, I really hope there's nothing up here up ahead. <laughs> um, well, we finally got down to Nahalem Bay State Park. And it cleared way out <laughs> to uh, 100 feet of visibility. Yeah, maybe. Um, and so we parked and started off for the bird, which had been sighted near the beach access. And so, like, a coastal dune system, like what we have right there, it's it's pretty wide of, like, dunes. Like, the dunes aren't just, like one big sand dune, and then the beach is right there. It's like, you know, two or three successive sand dune system, mm-hmm. like, uh, rows before getting out to the beach. Yeah, because it's, it's been allowed to progress naturally in the state park. So you've got uh, you've got shore pines that are kind of far back, mm-hmm. and then you have multiple hills that have... Um, most mostly European beach grass, which isn't great, but there are they're they're trying to get in uh, get in some of the native beach grasses, um, replanting into the into the system. But a handful of hills before you finally get to the beach, so it's just up and down, up and down as you hike through the soft sand. And I mean, we live at the beach, but <laughs> I just hate walking through soft sand. I don't know about you. But I don't I don't mind it. Oh my gosh. It is it's, just, it's a lot of extra it is work. It's exhausting. But... To do that. So we trudge through the sand for, you know, a couple hundred feet before reaching the shoreline. We get out to the shoreline. I mean, you could barely see the water. And yeah. almost immediately, Eric spots some lump shape <laughs> or bird shaped lump a near a pile lump. of seaweed. So you were like, I don't I don't know where we're going to start looking out here. And I was like, well, do you want to look at that bird first? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we look at that bird that's like 50 feet away from us? Just loafing? <laughs> I don't know how you saw that. I, I don't know how I saw it either. I just I just happened to look like right at it, and it looked looked at me, and then it like it was it was sitting like not fully sitting down, but it was like maybe it was sitting down. I don't know. It was low enough that I couldn't see its legs, but yeah. it wasn't like sunk into the sand. It wasn't even that bird shaped. It had a lump. Mm. There was a lump that was a different. There was actually two. They were they well, were right next to each other. No. Okay. So we got the scope on the first one, and it's the bird that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then it was you, a Pacific golden plover. And then you pan the scope to the right, and there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Which that second one was kind of funny because it was like hiding behind that seaweed clump, and then a few minutes later, it like almost disappeared, like behind just like I don't know a footprint in the sand. I think it shuffled down into the footprint. And yeah. It was, gone. it was just it was gone at that point. So. Um, Pacific Golden Plovers, they weren't a lifer for us this time since we got them in February on our way home from the San Diego Bird Festival, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Uh, but it was nice to get it as a state bird. And it was just so funny how easy it ended up being yeah. when I thought it was going to be a tough one. I thought it was going to be tough too. So we walked, we, we saw, we saw the bird and it was like, oh, that's super cool. And then we decided to walk down the beach. We walked a couple hundred feet down the beach and every... 
every bird that flew by was uh, either a California or a Western gull. Mm-hmm. And but there was no other shorebirds. The place the the place is completely devoid of shorebirds. And I think like three or four days prior, somebody was out there and they were like, "Oh, there was." Uh, a handful of Pacific, uh, one American golden plover, and then Dunlin, they Dunlin, they they listed off like seven or eight species of of shorebirds, and it was like okay, cool, and they and they had a pretty short list, and it was like generally in that area, so I was like oh, all right, so then we just like kept walking and walking and walking, and there was nothing, there was no <laughs> shorebirds whatsoever. We we found some pelicans, a handful of gulls. I think I think we ended up with like three species of gulls, but yeah. it was just no no nothing, and it was like where are all the shorebirds? It, I, they must have just, like, stayed at the additional 100 feet into the fog so we couldn't see them. Yeah, that, <laughs> the that fog was no joke. So, um, as we were trudging back up the beach to the access, there were there was a Savannah Sparrow, sparrow singing in mm-hmm. the dunes and Pacific Wren that was kind of playing peekaboo in there. So, we got a few more things and lots of crows. Yeah, well, and, and I took I took advantage of that we only had the two shorebirds. So we walked we walked back to the um, when we got back to the trailhead or the trail going back to the to the parking lot. Yeah. Um, the two golden plovers were still there, so I was like, you know, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that they're not going anywhere. <laughs> they did kind of move like 90 degrees, so they were in our direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I I I got down and I crawled up and I got got kind I got kind of close and then got got a handful of pictures and then backed off of them. And see see if I could try to get something. It was so foggy though, so I'll 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 post them on um on the eBird checklist as soon as as soon as I get them edited. But it was so it was yeah it was it was so foggy though. So even even though I was still pro- I was probably like fifty feet away maybe, <laughs> and there was still like foggy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was it was super cool. I mean, they looked really good through the viewfinder. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And getting back to the car, we had a northern flicker. Which oh, yeah, is yeah. a pretty good bird for, like, this area. Um, and then, uh, yeah, got back in the car, went over to the, like, the boat ramp area. Because sometimes you can get, like, cormorants and, and stuff out in the, the bay. But... Yeah, I think there was a Says Phoebe out there just the other day. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, there's there, there's been a handful of, like, pretty good things at the boat ramp. But there was, it was, fog- there was a lot of crabbers. It was, like, yeah. it's the... So, in Oregon, you've got... Uh, um, a couple, a couple different seasons for like hunting and fishing and, um, crabbing and clamming and stuff. Cause Oregonians live off the land. We, apparently we live off the land or we think we do. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, the crabbing season is basically any of the months that end in R. So October, November, December are all good crabbing months. And so we're, we're in October. And so there, there was ton, tons and tons of crabbers out there. Like getting getting all their stuff ready and like standing in the parking lot arguing about who forgot this and who forgot that <laughs> and all the other stuff that people that are going out on boat are gonna do. So it was pretty busy around the boat ramp. You know, but after my parents were telling me about the time that they went out crabbing out there mm-hmm. in a in a small boat and it was so foggy that they couldn't find their way back. Yeah. Just like terrified me. Like <laughs> all those people out there. There's so there, many boats. There was so many boats and they, And you couldn't even see them. They'd like get out the the oh, boat yeah. launch and they, then as soon they as they're gone. out of the slip it's whoop, now they now they go right into that pea soup. Yeah. I'm sure it probably cleared up a little bit later in the day. Probably. Um, but at the boat launch, you know, we had great blue heron, uh, a couple more crows, and then there were a lot of singing golden crown kinglets in the yeah, treetops. Tons of golden crown kinglet singing. So we ended up, um, we, we, we went back to the hotel, had to work. I had to work at a, um, a benefit dinner for the fire department all day. So we had, we had a bunch of stuff to do, but we did make a handful of like 15 minute, um, 
like five, five, 10, 15 minute incremental lists throughout the whole day. Added, added a couple more things, yellow rump warblers, red winged blackbirds, Anna's hummingbird, robins, kind of just general generic, like around the house yard birds that, yeah, are, that I, are super cool to see, but they they were nothing new for our team's list. Yeah. And after um, you went off to your, your benefit, mm-hmm. um, I just ended up doing backyard a backyard big day at yeah. the hotel, which, you know, we've had some really good things at the hotel. Like we're, I don't know, a couple hundred feet off the, the beach. Mm-hmm. So we don't, can't see, you know, say that like puffins are in our backyard or anything, but we've had terns fly over and yellow legs and things like that. Yeah. Not that day. A uh, <laughs> lot of starlings were doing fun calls that made me think there were other things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Stellar's Jays really put on a good show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because our our neighbor feed, you know, has a he feeds the birds, and the Stellar's Jays just were going back and forth between the trees and down to the ground in the trees, and <laughs> if did finally clear a little bit, and you just got some gorgeous colors on the Stellar's Jays, so I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. So before we talk about what our whole team as a team accomplished, um, I just wanted to. Throw it in there that our Pacific Golden Plovers and our Brown Pelicans were the only Pacific Golden Plovers and Brown Pelicans that our team saw. Yes. So that was super exciting. We we did contribute to our <laughs> team. So that was that was super exciting. I know. We were like, we were dragging everybody back. Uh, no, I know. We, we, like... we only added two. To the, <laughs> we started the team and then we only added two species to it. But whatever. Yeah. It's so so in the couple of weeks leading up to this, you might have seen it. And I'm sure we talked about it on our podcast. Um, but we wanted everybody to join our team mm-hmm. for the Gold Big Day. So we had a pretty good showing in May. And so we really wanted to, to beat that. And so we had, you know, great amount of people that joined us. I, I thought I was really excited about it. Yeah. Um, so we'll list off some of the accomplishments that other folks had on our team. Um, and our team was the go birding team. Mm-hmm. And first off, I'll mention Bronwyn in Australia got us 24 species that were not seen elsewhere, including laughing kookaburra, one species that I love <laughs> the name of, and I will see this bird, a willy wagtail. Yes. And Eric's new favorite species, my, my the welcome swallow. I'm I can't wait to get to get down to Australia and see a welcome swallow. And uh, Bronwyn also had a great photo of a sacred kingfisher that was posted on the list. So thank you so much for joining us to be on our team and get all those really cool species. Um, yeah, <laughs> I feel just amazed that we had you know so many continents represented. Yeah, yeah. And then we had uh, Chrissy from the Greater Vancouver area up in Canada. Um, had tons of ducks, shorebirds, um, and the kind of filled out the rest of our Pacific Northwestern list. So that's, I think she's the reason why we didn't add very much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we, we, we had a lot of crossover between our lists, but she had, she had a bunch of stuff that we didn't get. So that was, that was awesome. And then, uh, Jared and Allison, uh, two listeners that we've met a couple of times, um, at a couple of different festivals, they, uh, they happen to be down in Costa Rica, so... You, at, at range of Naturalista. Yeah, so you know their list has got to be spectacular. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, the, the list itself looked really cool, but that had to have been an awesome day out birding. They had um, tons of different hummingbirds, parrots, and lots of other tropical stuff from mm-hmm. Costa Rica, so that's super exciting. Yeah, and Susan in Florida added some great warblers to the checklist, so I'm glad we had uh, some East Coast representation so we could get those migratory uh, warblers on there. Yeah, and then John, 
Hannah's friend, our friend, John Yoakum, friend, friend of the podcast, John Yoakum. Uh, he was down down in South Texas at. I, I imagine he was at Asteria on a grinding oh, almost no, he, all day. He kind of yeah, it was, was around was the he, valley. Was he went everywhere. Yeah. Okay, so he he added a ton of stuff. That's um all the valley specialties. I think he got almost all the valley specialties. For oh, I'm us. sure. So Green Jays, Kiskadees, Chachalacas, all of that stuff. So super exciting to have all these people from. Not only different, a variety of places around the States, but also all around the world. That yeah. was super exciting. Yeah, so all in all, um, we had about 26 participants submitting 81 lists, and that put us on the map, you all, with 391 species for the day. Yeah, so put us in 11th place overall for all the teams that were officially recognized teams. And there were a lot of teams. Yeah, there was a lot of teams. So 11th is great. I, I am super psyched about yeah, 11th. and it's... It's a higher species count than what we as a team had during the May Big Day. But the May Big Day, we did come in ninth. Yeah. But, well, you know, we did beat our species goal also. So that just means we had, like, more competition. So we're going to have to really bring, you know, bring up our game for yeah. the next one. I know, because imagine if we only got 336 this time. We would, we'd be all the way down to, like, 40th. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so that's, that's kind of, I, that's kind of highlights what I think is awesome about Big Days is not necessarily... Like the friendly competition's great between sure. the different teams, and oh, awesome! I got first, or I got third, or tenth, or eleventh, whatever, whatever place you end up getting. But the fact that it's like we we went out and we had a great time, and we saw overall more species than we saw last time. So yeah. the next time we go out and we see more species next time, so it doesn't matter if we get a higher or lower place or whatever. We saw more species, we had a great time. Everything everything works great. Oh, I like the bragging rights. <laughs> but See, also, I, I was always a fan. Like when we were doing when we were doing the human powered every year. Like mm-hmm. I, I really liked just that we would beat our number each time. That's that's all. That's all I cared about. Like if we can if we can beat our own number next time. See, like, I don't care what anyone else gets. That's the thing. I'm not competitive with myself. I'm competitive with other people, oh. <laughs> and so I don't care about beating my own record. Uh, I, I want to beat everybody else. <laughs> and you know, also I was helping organize the uh, Women Birders Big Day for the international. Conference for Women Birders. Yeah, how'd you guys do? Uh, we ended up in 15th place. All right. So we did pretty awesome yeah. too, especially since we only like really organized it a couple days in advance. Um, so we yeah. had a lot of people from Uganda that were participating in that, and some people from, uh, you know, from the U.S. that participated in it too, and a couple other places. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty pretty psyched about that. That was amazing. And so the next global big day uh, is going to be on May 13th, 2023. Where do you think we should go for that one? I don't know. Should we try to actually be somewhere? Well, I don't know if we should try to be somewhere or if we should just uh, like plan on act- plan on setting the day aside. Like now, now that we're thinking about it this far ahead of time. Like, should we, like, plan on trying to do it? But it's, like, that's the same. It's Mother's Day weekend. It's like, is your mom going to be mad? Birthday, it's though. the day after your birthday. Oh, my mom will be mad. Yeah. So Don't worry about it. I don't know. We'll have to think about this. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to spend some time thinking if we should, uh, what, what we should do for for the May Big Day. But everyone else out there, well, I'm sure we'll work on trying to organize a team again. And see oh, if totally. We can, see, see if we can beat our May 2022 with our May 2023. We're going to kick our butts. I know you don't care about self competition, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm competitive with myself. If we if we can get a bigger number for ourselves, then that's then that's good enough for me. Yeah, and so um, we talked about the October seventh, and we talked about October eighth, and October 9th, So the last day of mm-hmm. Global Bird Weekend, you know, was kind of winding down the excitement from the weekend. But the goal on that day was to share 
and to share birds with other people. And so I think um, by all of the, the work that had been done in the previous couple days, it was really easy to share with folks, you know, the accomplishments that your team had. I mean, I spent that day, like, you know, trying to encourage people to share their list with me <laughs> so our team could uh, blow up. But, um, and, you know, I feel like those three things, like learning and exploring and sharing is really kind of what makes birding cool and what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, had, a, I had a great time. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think it, was an, it was an awesome weekend and I can't, I can't wait for the May big day. Totally. So... Before we kind of wrap up everything, I wanted to put kind of a um, a request out to our listeners. So we 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 talk about our adventures. We talk about different topics about this and that the cameras, the um, optics, one hundred and one. If anybody out there has an idea of a particular thing that we haven't hit, that we ha- that we haven't talked about and explored deeply or anything like that, send us an email. Let let us know like what. What do you want to What do you want to hear us talk about? Who Who do you want us to interview? Sort of thing, like an expert in a particular field, anything like that. We're 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 always up for hearing feedback like that. So oh, totally. Just, and just wanted to just put that plea out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've talked about that before. Like a lot of times, we'll talk about things that interest us, mm-hmm. and we're not entirely sure that they're interesting to other people, but they'll be interesting to us. And we want to also talk about things that would be interesting to you too. So definitely reach out to us. Let us know. Yeah, we've we've taken a handful of uh, um, people have sent us some some yeah. some a bunch of a handful of our, not a bunch at least a handful of our episodes have been uh, viewer or viewer listener requested yeah. um, topics and stuff. So just kind of reminding people out there, you're welcome to send us suggestions, and we'll we'll see see what we can do to try to delve deep into something and find an expert in a particular subject to talk about totally yeah so on that note on that note i want to just lastly say one more last thing (laughs) thank you all so much for joining our global big team yes our golden bird global global big day team bird team international team i am just (laughs) i like am so proud that when tim posts the the thing about like here are the top teams from this like our name is on there yeah go bring team (laughs) i mean not us (laughs) like the two of us but you all so i think that is super cool it is like just very exciting to me oh and the trip report will be in the show notes too okay so everyone can see what the total numbers are and all that yeah so thank you all for participating with our team i really appreciate it yeah yes and also thank you guys all for listening to this podcast we hope you enjoyed it and or learned something new please 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 rate review and subscribe to us on apple podcast stitcher google music anywhere else that you listen to us if you'd like to connect with us on the socials you can follow us at hannah goes birding and eric goes birding on instagram you can follow us on twitter and tiktok and vero vero and all the all the possible platforms you can think of, Hannah and Ergo Birding or um, Hannah and Ergo Birding <laughs> or <laughs> Hannah and Ergo Birding. Um, anyways, the, um, our, our Facebook page, Hannah and Ergo Birding, our, um, our website, um, www.gobirdingpodcast.com. Uh, basically, if you type in Hannah and Ergo Birding, it'll get you somewhere. It, it'll, it'll get you to us. So if you're not already following us, go ahead and follow us. And then uh, if you haven't shared shared what you liked or what you hated with us, go ahead and do that too. And thanks for listening.